No. Good morning, everyone. Kids, I'm going to need your help today. So wherever you are sitting, you need to make sure you've got some paper and pencil. And if you need it, you can go and get it from Auntie Katie at the back. So make sure you've got a pencil. If you can write, if you know how to write the alphabet, then you can do this. So get some paper, get a pencil. Lovely. And find a table. Ready? Great. So today we are going to talk about Advent. And um, the Advent season is the four Sundays that take us up to Christmas. And I'm sure everybody, bar the babies, know what Christmas is all about. Yeah, yeah. I've never celebrated Advent before. And I knew that people bought advent calendars, so I went out and got myself one. And it's the first time ever that I am buying a calendar. I'm not quite sure why people would want a calendar that only lasts for four weeks, because normally they're supposed to be for a whole year. Um, so here's... Here's the one I got, so I'm going to open it up to figure out what it's all about. And it's got little windows. Children, can you see this? Have any of you got an, a calendar at home, an advent, advent calendar? So you've got one. You've got one. Okay, you've got one. Oh, great. So you know what I'm talking about. And the grown-ups have got one. Maria's got one. Lovely. So you probably know what I'm going to find in here better than I do. Okay, so this is not quite working. I'm not sure how they work. So I've opened this little door, and I can see a little bit of foil. What am I supposed to do next? Yes? Scratch it. Oh. I can, whoa. Look what I found. That tastes yummy. Now I can see what the fuss is all about. Because you can open a window and have one of those each day. Yum. And get larger and larger and larger and larger, and that wouldn't be good for me. What a lovely thing to look forward to, eh? Chocolate a day. When you know something good is coming, how does it make you feel? So let's, let's look at some scenarios. The night before you go on holiday, what kind of emotions do you get? Excitement, yeah. When you see your mummy dishing out some ice cream or cake. Yeah? Yeah, excited. What about when you walk into a restaurant and you walk past people and you can see their food on the table and the smells are wafting into your nose? It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, with all that stuff up there. 
or when you're ready to go out clubbing, for those of you who are still in the clubbing, or out to meet with your friends, we feel excitement. So I've got a question now for the kids. And the question is going to come up on the screen. Uncle Dale is going to help. And there are four possible answers. And what I want you to do is to write down the right letter that matches the right answer. So if you think it's A, B, C, or D, you write down the letter. Okay? Not the whole thing, just the letter. So the question is, so what is... Actually, um, yeah, the question is, what is Advent really about? No, okay, sorry, it's not on the, on the screen. This one's not on the screen, sorry. So what is Advent really about? So you've got to really listen. A, the Seventh-day Adventist church, yeah? B, when you give someone something in advance. C, when you're looking forward to the arrival of someone or something important. Or D, when you play Monopoly and you're allowed to advance to go. Yeah? So I'll just go through those again. So A, it's the Seventh-day Adventist church. B, when you give someone something in advance. C, when you're looking forward to the arrival of someone or something important. And D, when you play Monopoly and you're allowed to advance to go. So you've got to write the right answer down. So, have we, have we written the answers, kids? Yeah? Okay, so who thought it was A? Nobody. Who thought it was B? B was when you give someone something in advance. Who thought it was C? Ooh, C, C is when you're looking forward to the arrival of someone or something important. So all the kids who've got C, you can come and have a chucky. I think it might be easier if I just brought the thing out. Where's your, where's, where's your piece of paper? Are you sure you got a C? You sure? Because if you didn't get a C, you can't have a chucky. Right, here's a chucky for you. And by the way, the chuckies are dairy-free. They're vegan. So if you've got an allergy for milk, you can still have one. Okay, know what? You've got a C. Okay. There you are. What I'm going to do is I'm going to need a helpful assistant like Debbie to come and help me give all these chuckies out. Otherwise, I'll be here all day. Here you are. Right, you go to Debbie and get your chuckies. No, they've all got it. Go and get, go and get it from Debbie. There you are. Well done. There are more questions coming, so get your papers and pencils ready. Oh, somebody's upset over there. So unlike our Advent, the Advent season in the Bible took hundreds of years. So we, we're counting down literally, what, 25 days. 
which is just a little bit over three weeks. But in the Bible, the Advent season went over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So, Della, if you can put that first slide up for me, please. About 700 years ago, the prophet Isaiah. So, sorry, not 700 years ago. 700 years before Christ was born. Let's get that right. The prophet Isaiah announced to the people that Christ was coming. And as you've probably guessed, Advent is the season where we are thinking about the birth of Christ. You might want to ask yourself, why on earth are we still doing that in 2023 when Jesus has already come and gone? But we'll get to that in a moment. So Isaiah said, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born. Sorry, Della, you were supposed to have that. <laughs> so you know where I was. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And around the same time that Isaiah lived was also another prophet called Micah. So both of these were 700 years before Jesus was born. And Micah said, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you were small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. And that's in Micah 5.2. So we had those two prophets announcing that Jesus was going to be born about 700 years before he was actually born. And then about 100 years later came another prophet. And um, this prophet was called Jeremiah. And some of you might have heard of him. And some of you might have friends called Jeremiah. That's where the name comes from. Um, and he said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah in those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. In that A, there's that little C and it can be he. The Lord our righteous savior. So that was about 100 years after Jeremiah's prophecy. So this was roughly around 600 BC. So for those of you who are still young, you might not know, but we number our years based on whether they were before Jesus was born or after Jesus was born. So BC is before, and currently we are in AD, which is after the death of Jesus. And um, does anybody know which year after the death of Jesus we're in currently? Children? Anyone? Any child know which year we're in? Yes, Charlotte. 2023. And that means it's 2023 years since Jesus died. Yeah? Okay. So back to um, 
the announcements about the coming of Jesus in the Bible. So you can see that the Israelites had a long wait. So you can imagine 500 years and lots of people will be thinking, where's this Jesus that is coming? And they won't see him because he hadn't come yet. Next slide. So now we have 200 years later, after Jeremiah, another prophet comes along. This time it's about 400 years before Jesus is born. And this prophet's called Malachi. And he says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. And it's interesting because this particular prophecy was referring both to John and to Jesus. Because John was the one who came slightly before Jesus to announce that Jesus is right behind me. He's almost here. And then it was quiet for a long time. And then about 400 years later. Next slide. And that's roughly about nine months before Jesus is born, if you do the math. And an angel turned up to Mary, who was just minding her own business in her own house, probably cooking some food, maybe making some bread, ready to go to a meeting with people with lots of food. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So that's roughly about nine months before Jesus is born. So at this point, there are just a few people who really know that Jesus is almost here. So that would be Mary. Other parts of the Bible tell us that an angel appeared to Joseph. So Joseph probably knew. Um, and um, those of you who know your Bibles know that Mary had a cousin called Elizabeth. And she hadn't had any children, and she was getting a little bit old. And she really wanted a child, and she prayed and prayed, and God said, I'm going to give you a child. So when Elizabeth was about six months pregnant is when the angel appeared to Mary. And when the angel appeared to Mary, the angel told Mary that your cousin who lives in that city a long way away is expecting a baby. So, and she went to visit her cousin and found that her cousin did have, was expecting a baby. And when the babies were near each other, something amazing happened. The baby in Elizabeth's tummy jumped. Just, and Mary felt it. And Mary was like, wow. Um, Elizabeth was like, wow, that baby you're carrying, Mary, is an amazing person. So we can assume that before Jesus was born, Elizabeth and her husband also knew that Jesus was around the corner. Roughly six months later, Jesus is born. And those of you who know the story know about all the people who went to welcome Jesus into the world. But then he still had to grow up. So he grew up, and while he was growing up, maybe the neighbors might have thought he was a little bit odd. Don't know. 
We know there was an incident when he was a teenager and he went missing, like some of you might have in this room, when your parents are looking for you and his parents were looking for him. But at this point, not everyone knows who Jesus is still. Until the baby that Elizabeth is carrying, who is only six months older than Jesus, is Jesus' cousin, he's grown up and he goes into the forest, well, wilderness they call it, I'm not quite sure it was a forest, and he says, guys, somebody important's coming. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. And by now, Jesus is already born, and Jesus is roughly about 30, 33 years old. With 30, I think, is the accurate number. And John, Jesus' cousin, starts telling people, look, I'm baptizing you with water, but among you stands one you do not know. So again, he's telling people, get ready, someone important's coming. He's the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. So John is making the point that this person is coming behind me. He's so great, he's so wonderful that I can't even undo his shoelaces. Yeah? So you can see this pattern of different people through the generations telling people, get ready. Someone important is coming. The Son of God is coming. So why would God go to all that trouble of warning people that Jesus is coming? It's an interesting question, isn't it? We got that on the board? Yeah. So we've got another quiz, so get ready to write down the answers. You got your pe pencils and paper ready? Why did God warn the people Jesus was coming? Was it so that they could get ready to kill him? Was it so that they could go shopping for lots and lots of gifts to celebrate his birth, like we do? Was it so that they could prepare to receive him and listen to him? Or was it so that they could go shopping for the food to serve him dinner? So A, B, C, or D. Right. So who has A? Who's got A? <coughs> got someone who's got A over there? You've not done it yet, okay. You've got it, okay. You've done it now? You all done it? Okay. Who had B? Nobody. Dele, Dele thought it was B. Who had D? Ah, Adrian had D at the back. Who had C? Hey, all the kids had C. Do you want another Chucky? Yeah, go to Uncle Deli and get a Chucky. It's Chucky Sunday. <laughs> you got to go to Uncle Deli to go and get one. Until the Chucky's run out.
So now I've got one question for you, and the first person to get this question right amongst the children gets the chucky. So you really have to listen. I'm just going to wait until you're all ready. Okay. So this question, right, is... Why is the Advent important to church history today? If Jesus has already come and he's died, why are we celebrating Advent? Shallow? Because it's really, really special. That could be an answer, but it's not quite the answer I'm looking for. Okay. Good try. Well done. Thank you. And he gets a chucky. And it's that bit at the end. It's about what's going to happen in the future. Can you come and tell us? Because some people don't know what's going to happen in the future. And do you know what's going to happen in the future? Um, that is absolutely true. Thank you very much. It's to remind us of the second coming. Jesus is going to come back. How many people didn't know that? Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> that's all, all our faith is based on. Jesus is going to come back. So yeah, you can give a big whoop for that one. And why do we know that Jesus is going to come back? Because the Bible tells us so. Just like the Bible told us he was coming the first time around, the Bible tells us he is going to come back. And actually, Jesus himself said it. So in um, Matthew 16, 27... He said, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And that's a really important thing for your children to think about. Jesus says, when I come back again, I am going to reward you. And you were really eager to get my chocolates a few minutes ago. Imagine what Jesus will give you. Yeah? So he's going to come back and he's going to reward you, but he's going to reward you according to what you've done. If you're a child and you think you deserve a Christmas present this year, put your hand up. Yeah? If you think you deserve a Christmas present. Yeah? Okay. So... If you feel that you deserve the reward that Jesus is going to give when he comes again, put your hand up. Do you deserve it? We don't. It's grace. It's a gift. We're going to come back to that, but hold on to that thought. 
In Matthew 24, Jesus says, Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So also must you be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So Jesus is saying here, you don't know when, I, when I'm going to come. And actually Jesus made it clear that only God knows that exact moment when he will return. Down the ages, we've had loads of prophecies of people who tell you the exact date Jesus is going to come. And those dates have come and gone. And we're still awaiting Jesus' coming. So don't be fooled by the people who say, look here. <coughs> Excuse me. Look there. Um, he's coming in 2026 or whatever. All we know is he's coming, and he's coming soon. Revelation confirms that. John had a um, sort of vision of what the end will look down when, when Jesus comes again. And um, in Revelation 22, he says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. So it's that reward again, that re repetition of that word. And I will give to each person according to what they've done. Thank you, Jelly. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then again in Revelation 19, I won't read that out, but again it's this vision that J John had of Jesus who was coming on a white horse, and many of us have read that verse or heard people refer to it. So we know the Bible tells us he's coming. And there are parts of the Bible that also tell us about what to look for, the signs that he's coming. And I'm, I'm not going to go into a lot about those signs, um, because we could be debating that all night. That's a whole preaching itself. But there are people who are saying, the world is in such a mess today. And I mean, you don't even need to turn on your TV anymore. Uh, you can't listen to news, whether you're on radio or on the television. It's dire. It's miserable. And it's in every corner of the, the world where horrible things are happening, where humanity is almost like uh, hit the self-destruct button. You've got earthquakes on Saturday. Um, you, you've got the Philippines with a um, tsunami warning. We've got war in every continent at the moment, it would seem, somewhere. Some are big news. Some of them are not big news, but they're still happening. So there's a tendency to say, where is this Jesus? I mean, what, what is he waiting for? Why isn't he here already? The world's a mess. But then if you think about how long those people had to wait for his first coming, and they had wars, and they might not have had Twitter and Sky, <laughs> but it didn't change the fact that they were having earthquakes and they were having wars, and they were probably thinking, where's this Messiah who's going to come and save us all? And it's interesting because the Bible tells us not to fall into that trap. 
was perfectly okay this morning. I'm not sure what's going on with my logies. Yeah, I'll just have a sip of that. In um, Second Peter, go to the next slide, please. It says, above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. Scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Peter 3, 8 to 10 says, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. When the Lord, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a day. The Lord is not slow in his keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid, everything done in it will be laid bare. So essentially, there's a message in that verse that says, before Jesus comes again, the whole world needs to be ready to receive him because God doesn't want anybody to perish. God wants everyone to have an opportunity to have heard the gospel. That has serious implications for us because on Saturdays it's really hard to go into the village square and share Jesus. So one might extrapolate that we are delaying the coming of Christ. If we have a role to play in ensuring that everyone comes to repentance. Does that make sense? It's an extrapolation. I'm not saying that is, but it's something to think about. That what role are we playing in ensuring the Lord can come because we know when he comes he'll fix it it'll be a bit like a gym will fix it yeah when he comes all of this that distresses us will be no more we know there'll be a judgment he will reward according to the Bible says you know and, and you'll get your reward based on what you've you've done what you haven't done and he will judge the living and the dead. We know that. But before he can come, there are certain conditions that need to be met. So there's not a lot of point of us in saying, oh, he's not here yet. Why is he waiting if we're not doing the things that will help those conditions to be met? So that's just a challenge to us today. But the Bible also tells us what state of mind should we be in while we're waiting for that second coming? So Luke 21, Jesus himself says, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And they will close on you suddenly like a trap. Now, we all deal with the stresses of modern living in different ways. Some people use alcohol, 
And the Bible tells us, yeah, drunkenness. Some do carousing. Carousing is a fancy word for going around and having fun and enjoying yourself. And some people do that with drugs, recreation drugs, whatever, just so that they don't feel the pain of what's going on around them every day. And some people just worry. And uh, I suspect a lot of us are guilty of that one. And it's hard not to worry. Climate change, war, you know, it's hard, terrorist attacks, it's hard not to worry. But the Bible says, instead of doing all of that, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. So those things are happening around us, but God's still keeping us safe in the midst of all of that. The Bible says, don't worry, pray. So we can't help what's going on in the Middle East, but we can pray. So when your anxiety comes, pray. Focus on the prayer rather than on what's going on in the world around you. And John 14 says, all this I have spoken while I'm still with you. So Jesus said this. Jesus warned us that this was going to happen. And he says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. I will remind you of everything I've told you. And we've got the Holy Spirit with us now. When Jesus was saying this, he hadn't even sent the Holy Spirit out. The Holy Spirit is with us right now. So we've got that person there to teach us, to help us, to guide us. And he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give the peace as, as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you'll be glad that I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. And just in the same way as the birth of Jesus was foretold, so that people would believe when he did arrive, and we know some did, and some still don't till today. Some still think the Messiah's first coming hasn't happened. Um, so Jesus says, I've told you this so that you will know when it happens and you'll be able to believe. And when that end comes and God puts everything to right, there'll be no more strife, there'll be no more sorrow, there'll be no more disease, my lower back will not hurt, and there'll be no more death. And, and those who've died will rise. And all of us who have believed in Jesus will have everlasting life. Yeah? Because, and the Bible tells us, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only and one son that whoever believes in him will have, um, will not perish, but have eternal life. So that's what it's about. In a sense, that's the sum of our faith. And the best news is, unlike Advent, you don't need to wait 700 years or even nine months to get your certificate of entitlement to eternal life. Because it's free. And you can get it, right? And you don't have to work for it like you had to work for my chocolate. So children, children, 
I'd like you to look at me for just a minute. Okay. It's really important that you know Jesus. Yeah? Not because your mommy tells you or your daddy tells you. That you know Jesus for yourself. And it isn't hard to get to know Jesus or to accept him into your heart. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to answer any questions A, B, C, or D so that you can get a chucky. Yeah? All you have to do is to pray. So I'm going to say a prayer in a minute. And I'm, if, you, if you feel like you've never really got to know Jesus and you'd want to from today onwards, and that applies whether you're a grown-up or a child or a grown-up who does know Jesus but wants to recommit their lives to Jesus, I'm just going to say this prayer, and I'd like you to say it along. You can say it quietly, you can say it out loud, it's up to you. Um, so let's just pray. Dear God and Heavenly Father, I believe that you exist, that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die for my sins so I can gain everlasting life. With all my heart, I am sorry for the sins I have committed on purpose and by accident. I want to change and become a new person with your help. I commit to loving you and obeying your teachings. From now on, I am a new creation in Christ my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me, for I have prayed in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So if you said that prayer, tell your mom or your dad afterwards, or if you're a grown-up, tell someone in the church so that we can celebrate you becoming a child of God. And I pray that God will guide you as you move forward in your everyday lives. And there are more chockies for the children. And the grown-ups put the chuckies up front. Thank you very much for listening.